Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller. It's Thursday, June 23rd of the year 2022. Our Lord and Savior. I'm, of mm-hmm. course, joined by the one, the only Forbes 30 under 30, aka the second best baby blues, aka the verified one at Tim Gettys. Let Tim host. I love Thursdays, man, because they mean I'm either doing the show with you or with Tam. Either way, I'm getting a winner. It's true. You can't go wrong. Tam, mm-hmm. me, it's mm-hmm. all going to be good. And I'm wearing the Hackett's Quarry shirt. I don't wear white shirts. Oh. Mm-hmm. I wear, I, but I, when I got this counselor shirt, for the quarry, I said I would wear this one. I would make the exception. I, I want to let you know, Greg, hate it. Uh, with the mic blocking it, I couldn't see what it said. I just saw the hack part. I thought it was a hacky sack shirt that you bought back when we did that kind of funny podcast topic. And I was like, damn, Greg commits to bits in a way that I really appreciate. But no, you just bought a new shirt. But I will say you're looking good in it. You don't, you don't wear much. white enough. I've been trying to get white back into my repertoire. I don't like white shirts. You know what I mean? Yeah. They show all the parts I like to hide. The black well, shirts that, hide all the parts I want to hide. I just, you know, I don't want to go on too long of a tangent here, Greg, but I really, no. I'd have some issue with the areola. Sure. You know, like yeah. I understand, like if you just see the physical nip, like you just see like, okay, there's a bump there. I'm okay with that. I don't like when white shirts are so thin that unless you're, it's the point, unless you're trying to show off that sweet, sweet areola, in which case do you boo boo. But yeah. for me, I'm not ever trying to do that. You know, and it's like I got tiny little areolas too, but it's like whenever I wear the yeah, white shirt, about you got you, you got tiny little areolas. Yeah, huh. yeah. I mean, they're not. The, I've, there's people that have tinier ones. Sure, of course. You're not. You're not trying to claim you're the tiniest of all no. the areolas in the country. No, no, no. no. Yeah, yeah. If Kevin were here right now, I'm sure he'd probably. Well, well I, I know people with way tinier, tinier sure. areolas. And I'm like, yeah, Kevin. Kevin has tiny areolas as well. We're the tiny, tiny areola gang. I don't know. I don't want to make that a competition. That that is that is one thing I do not need to do on Twitch.tv slash kind of funny games is do a war of who has tinier areolas, me or Kevin. Here we go. I don't like this. <laughs> Jace nine ten said call him. He knew what I was doing before I did it. Hello, Greg Miller. Hello, uh, Kevin Coelho. You're live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. How are you? I'm doing very well. I want you to clear your mind. You know that I trust uh-huh. you. You know that I trust your mind. So whatever you answer uh, is going to be I'm the truth. It. Clear your mind, all right? It. I'm cleared it. Who has tinier areolas, you or Tim? Uh, me. All right. Thank you very much, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. There you go. You now, do you think it. he said it because of a competition, or do you think he said it because he knows the facts? That's the thing, man. I don't know. I don't. I don't know because I'm trying. I'm struggling to really envision his in my mind. I've seen him a million times. He's seen mine a million times. I know mine are small. I do know his are small. That's what I'm saying. I'm not ready to put my foot down as a a competition here. But I'm just gonna say, tiny areola gang. I'm okay with it. But okay. white shirts need to step their game up. 
Yeah, too thin. So far, this one's good. Like I said, I don't think it'll be. I don't think it's gonna get into the. It's gonna be into the active rotation of shirts I wear. It will be mm-hmm. the special occasion. You'll see me call it out on a show that I'm wearing it, or you'll mm-hmm. just know because you've heard this show that I'm wearing it. It's a big deal. But otherwise, just back to black. Hide back everything. Black. Mm-hmm. Hide the Fade shame. Black. I get it. Good. Areola. Uh, Tim, you're about to get some news about Overwatch Two. A date for a Plague Tales Requiem, and the fact that No Man's Sky is coming to Switch. We're going to talk about all this and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show, patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Over on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, you can write in to be part of the show. You can get the show ad-free. You can get the show with the exclusive post show we do each and every weekday. And, of course, you can get to watch us record PSI Love You XOXO live this afternoon on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. You can catch the XCast tomorrow on Friday. You can catch Gamescast next week because that's how we do it for all those YouTube podcasts you love over there. Mm-hmm. Of course, if you have no bucks to toss our way over on patreon.com slash kind of funny games, it's no big deal. There are a variety of free ways to support us. Number one, of course, you can be using that epic creator code kind of funny over on the epic game store. If you're buying games or you're playing Fortnite on the platform of your choice, you pop in the epic games creator code kind of funny. We get a few bucks on everything you purchase and it costs you nothing. That's great. For us and you of course then if you like this show you can get it free while we record it watch us record it live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games just like p julie pj julian is j fulcrum is cloud 9000 are if you're like cloud 9000 you're watching live remember you have a special job keep us honest by going to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong and telling us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com and listening on podcast services around the globe each and every weekday mm-hmm. housekeeping for you tim right now over on youtube.com slash kind of funny and of course podcast services around the globe our thor the dark world rewatch is live it we is. put ourselves through this as we're getting ready for love and thunder we are we are doing in review we're going through and doing all these things we're watching all these shows we watch the dark world and i'm very excited about it because the rewatches bring out a different energy in us which i really appreciate and i think the last two weeks are proof of it so if you guys are like i don't know if i want to watch the guys talk about some of the worst mcu movies again you're wrong you definitely want to give it a shot thor one and thor two are some of the better in review rewatch content we've done so far jokes galore there's new bits introduced new scales are introduced you know what i'm talking yeah, about of course yeah. Or the keeping it real scale, the new kind of funny keeping it real scale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't explain it. it. Don't explain one? it, Greg. They okay, well, to... I won't tell you what the five is then. All right, don't worry okay. about it. Yeah, they have to go listen to the Thor. The There's Dark a lot World of people in chat already telling you what the five <laughs> is. They're about it, ladies and gentlemen. This is what kind of funny best friends are about. We watch <laughs> terrible fucking movies to torture each other, and then we watch them again and talk about them again. <laughs> and you watch me and Nick just lose our minds about it. I digress. That's available right now. Is that on the in that's on the in review feeds? Where is that? When, yeah, you can get it on youtube.com slash kind of funny on the in review playlist, or you can get it as a podcast search for kind of funny in review. If there's a franchise you love or hate, chances are we've reviewed it and probably rewatched it. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, Gordon McGuire and Fargo Brady. Today we're brought to you by Uplift, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> six items on the roper report a baker's dozen i'm not sure who to be let down by am i let down by raj chat let me know 
well, I never do the do do do. It's always it's always Kevin or Barrett that does it, right? But I know this is Roger's worst nightmare because <laughs> I know I was talking to him last week, like, "Hey, man, you haven't run games daily before, like, you good?" He's like, "Yeah, I've run other shows. Like, I'm really comfortable with it. I'm just really stressed out about all the bits and stuff. I don't know, man." <laughs> Here we are, fucking publicly. Wait, roasting can you not him. hear me? Can you oh, hear no. me? Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. the chat heard me. Everyone heard me. It was it was right. I think Discord just didn't pick me up. That was okay, weird. Okay. That was super oh, okay. weird. That was I did it. Yeah, sorry about that, everybody. That was weird. I apologize <laughs> if you're watching live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. I did put up a poll who failed Greg, Tim or Roger. Oh my god. Oh my well, god. Tim's Tim's I guess Tim is winning in the landslide. So Tim failed yeah, me for sure here. For sure. 85%. Right? Yeah, Tim has failed me according to the <laughs> That's my life. <laughs> Number one on the Roper Report, we have some brand spanking new Overwatch two details for you uh number one we'll start over at ign.com where ryan leston writes it'll replace the original game at launch it's official overwatch 2 will fully replace the original overwatch at launch during a reddit ama overwatch 2 director aaron keller confirmed that the upcoming overwatch sequel will replace the original live service when the game launches in october quote when overwatch 2 launches on october 4th it will it will be a replacement for the current live service he confirmed ign is seeking clarification with blizzard to confirm whether the original game will still be playable since overwatch still be playable once overwatch 2 arrives uh when the sequel was originally announced back in august last year blizzard claimed that overwatch and overwatch 2 players would be able to play side by side when playing the same game modes the original plan allowed overwatch players to play on the brand new overwatch 2 maps and as the new map heroes then game director uh jeff kaplan said it was a quote shared multiplayer environment where no one gets left behind end quote in other words multiplayer pvp would have been possible across the two titles now, it looks as though Overwatch will, in fact, be left behind. It's likely that Overwatch will essentially become Overwatch 2, which was already planned to retain old legacy content all, uh, while adding new maps and systems. The fact that Overwatch 2 will be free to play means this should be an easy enough transition since no players need to pay for the new game. But this change means it looks as though uh, 6v6 Overwatch is a thing of the past, as Overwatch 2 uses a 5v5 model. In fact, it's likely that the transition from 6v6 to 5v5 is a thing that made the two versions uh, of the game incompatible. Quote, we're using the term early access to indicate that this is just the start of many new things coming to the game, said Overwatch 2's director Aaron Keller on Reddit. We're launching with new heroes, maps, and features, but there are even more of these coming seasonally, every nine weeks. We recently released a roadmap detailing some of this content with a new hero coming in seasons one and two and a new map in season two. Additionally, larger pieces of the game that have always been a part of our vision for Overwatch 2 will be released to the game as part of the live service, including the launch of the PVE campaign next year. Tim, as I said, deets. There's more. I have another one about loot boxes here, but there's a lot in here, of course, as we get closer and closer to the October 4th launch of Overwatch 2. Uh, them killing Overwatch 1, the move to 5v5 uh, from the 6v6 that they had before. Tim, I know you and me not the biggest Overwatch players. Definitely not. I loved Overwatch when it first came out, and I'm very excited about this PvE campaign stuff coming next year. Like, that's exactly what I want from an Overwatch, no. if not just a, a pure single-player campaign with beautifully animated cutscenes and all that. Uh, but, yeah, we, we know a couple people that might be a little more qualified to talk about this. And that's why, as this story, as we were ramping up Games Daily, I turned the Overwatch signal to Slack. I hit it up. I lit it up. And I'd like to welcome to the show... The Hispanic heartthrob, Texas treat, Latino hate, clicking heads and ripping to shreds. The globetrotting, headshotting, nitro rifle from Twitch.tv, Andy Cortez. Hello, Andy. Tracer here. 
And then, of course, you know him from GameSpot.com, you know him from GiantBomb.com, and you know him from Ms. Marvel in review, available right now on YouTube.com slash kind of funny. It's Tamor Hussein. Hello, Tam. Eugene no Ken Wakurai. Holy shit. They're 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 into it. They're into it. Uh Tam, let's start with you. What do you do you care at all about Overwatch One going away? And then do you how do you feel about moving to the five v five model? Um, so do I care about Overwatch One going away? Yes, for the sake of a game preservation. Um, the Overwatch One experience is now unique. It is going. It is. It is a different kind of experience. It being six v six. I think that it. I would care. I'm caring more about it knowing that Overwatch is 5v5 and there's currently no way for my group of six friends who I constantly would play with that includes Andy um, to jump into that game and play together. Like the the biggest issue I feel like the community is having right now is in the switch to 5v5, one person in a Overwatch friend circle needs to be benched Mm -hmm. and that sucks. Um, and also like the, the unique dynamics of a 6v6 game, almost from a historical perspective and a game design perspective, there's a lot to look at Overwatch 1 and the meta and how it evolved um, to, to kind of like an- analyze and, and pick apart in the 6v6 context. And that's probably going to be overwritten. I hope that what they do is... is I imagine someone out there is probably going to archive it in some fashion. And, you know, now we have that thing where, you know, they bring back WoW Classic and they bring Mm -hmm. back Diablo of old. And my hope is that Blizzard does it in a way where they do Sunset Overwatch 1, but they do it in a way where, you know, a few years down the line, they can be like, Overwatch Classic is being rolled into, into, you know, uh, Overwatch 2, or we're bringing that back. Um, So I do care about it. Yeah, so... um, they did talk about some stuff that they they didn't say they're gonna make a six v six mode. Um, they said that it's not. They didn't really say they're not not gonna do it. But they also like I was. They told Aaron Keller told me he was like uh, we're trying to figure out things. And one of the ideas we had was a six person stack or six person team, but one person is kind of just spectating, and you can rotate in and out, um, which is cool. Mm. But ultimately, like the the thing about it is it's also kind of necessary and it makes a lot of sense. It, they need to update that launcher. They need to create a, like a common ground for sure. if, for everyone. So I'm not surprised. I am slightly sad to see it go away. And I assume you'll, you, you're voting right now to drop Lucy James from your group, right? Uh, it remains to be seen. Okay. There's fine. a few others as well who need to put, start Ooh. pulling their weight. I understand. Simon Cardi. Uh, yeah, exactly. Andy Cortez, what's your read on the move from 6v6 to 5v5 and the fact that it's going away, Overwatch 1? I'm with Tam. I'm not surprised by it. I understand the sort of thought process behind it. Um, But I do see this getting added as an arcade mode in the future, as some sort of custom game. It does just, it, it becomes weird in the sense that I think a lot of the player base will become... Uh, I think this is something that's kind of like going to divide and anger some of the mm. players who maybe don't like the move to 5v5 mm. and were completely fine with it. I think this is something that makes total sense because when Warzone changes a new map, the old map goes away and it's no longer accessible. Like it's not something I'm surprised by whatsoever, but I do think a lot of the player base will be alienated by it at first and then eventually we'll kind of just get over it and play overwatch 5v5 so i'm not surprised by it but it is kind of a bummer and i hope that we do see some sort of custom game modes in the future uh timothy gettys 
Uh, for Tim and Andy, are you guys, I know you guys are really big Overwatch 1 fans. I know you've had uh, some experience with Overwatch 2 so far. Are you guys in favor of the 5v5 overall? I am. I, I, yeah, I, I like the way it plays. They made some, Overwatch 1 got to a place where it was, it felt, it didn't feel great to play for a really long time because of the meta, the shields, and like the AOE stuff, and a lot of other factors. Um, whereas they've clearly looked at that stuff now, and for five v five, it feels way better immediately um, at a cost of one person. But the the skirmishes feel less drawn out. It feels more exciting. It feels like there's more of a push and pull again, which is really crucial to having these matches be like fun to play and also fun to watch, which is exactly what they need if they want to get the Overwatch League um, kind of rolling again. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in favor of it. Yeah, it also doesn't necessarily feel like all players need to be completely in sync with each other because a lot of players like to just hop on uh, solo queue and necessarily they're playing with random people on the internet. So uh, I, I think Blizzard's sort of thought process behind that and not having to have everybody be perfectly on comms, on mic with each other. I like the idea that players and different heroes can kind of pop off, pop off and have their their hero moments without needing perfect execution of like a strategy or a play. Um, you know, I, I think this this is a lot better of a move. And it's also just less chaotic. There's mm. less numbers to kind of keep track of. Um, and the queue times are going to be a lot better now because nobody wanted to play two, you know, two tanks. So people were <laughs> playing tanks because they just wanted to get into a game and then mm. they weren't playing them well because they just weren't very good at the role and they didn't care much about the role either. Uh, final question for you guys, because the next one's just about unopened loot boxes, which I think is a pretty straightforward news story. Uh, but where, uh, Andy, how quickly do you think before they screw up and don't hit this uh, every nine weeks they put out seasonal content? Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, I, uh, part of me has to assume that they've been stewing on this for quite some time. Um, I, I'm sure Tam knows a lot more than I do, but... Overwatch 1 was a fucking desert for a long time. There was no content. There was like a, an occasional skirmish map would pop up and a skirmish a skirmish map is something where you would play like a death match on or a free for all. It's just one of those free kind of fun arcade maps, but Overwatch 1 got zero content for a very long time and it, I would love to hope that that was because they had been working on this roadmap for a very long time for Overwatch 2. Um, I feel like, in theory, it's amazing and it's perfect, but sure, I could see it dropping out of the nine-week time frame, maybe by, like, Battle Pass number three or two or something like that. Um, I, I I hadn't even considered how excited I was, though. The other day when somebody in, in Twitch chat was like, Andy, how stoked are you about this Battle Pass? And I was like, you know what? I feel like battle passes in a lot of games are it's usually I'd say Halo was probably the first battle pass that I'd experienced that wasn't a battle royale mm. and playing battle royales can get just really draining because it's, you know, I think a bit more stressful of an all or nothing type of mode and a bit more frustrating. And I feel like I drop off of playing battle royales more than I would an overwatch where I'm just kind of going match by match by match. And I am, like, ridiculously excited to level up a battle pass. Like, the idea of just awesome. kind of 
getting XP and going match to match and trying to get more XP and hopefully there's not Halo-like objectives where it's like, use this hero or get, you know, because I know that that kind of ruins the playing experience for other players, but um, I'm super stoked on it and I hope that it's at least worth it and it's got good stuff in the Battle Pass to make me want to continue to level it up. Yeah, Don't forget, um, uh, Marvel's Avengers has a battle pass for every character, Andy, that you can go through and do too. That it isn't is a battle rail. Uh, how Tam, could I forget? How could I? Forget? Like, yeah, I mean, well, you know, we got Mighty Thor next week. A lot of stuff's happening over there. Tam's excited. I'm excited. The Avengers mm-hmm. chat's live. Don't worry about it. Tam, similar question, obviously, about the nine weeks thing, but I also mm-hmm. want to call out a, what the final quote here from Keller was, right? Additionally, larger pieces of the game that have always been part of the vision for Overwatch 2 will be released to the game as part of the live service, including the launch of the PvE campaign next year. My question is in line with that, Tam, the nine weeks thing, and then a little bit, as Andy mentioned, of Halo, but not the same degree. Do you think this PvE campaign for them becomes the same way Halo's uh, multiplayer edition has been haunting Infinite? So the nine-week thing is is kind of interesting to me. Um, when I spoke to them, uh, they were, Aaron Keller at least, was extremely confident. Like, okay. he was like, no, we're, we're, we're going to, we've been planning for a really long time and we have grown the team they 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 the team is like exponentially bigger than it was for overwatch one and they've created content production pipelines that are specifically designed to ensure that they hit um these kind of like nine week rotations how long that will go for remains to be seen at the very least the first year will be fine i expect the second year will be fine year three i'm not i can't say with as much confidence but they seem to be very very confident in their own kind of um uh, timing for all this stuff in terms of the pve becoming a, a kind of white whale style thing for them um i i'm inclined to believe that they are in a good spot with pve um, and the reason they talked about um, kind of decoupling it was the kind of production and also the kind of uh, rollout of Overwatch was being hampered by having them tied together. Um, PvP couldn't go until PvE was ready and vice versa. And sure. the content kind of split was 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 kind of making it hard to produce content and get stuff out. So that's why they decoupled it. I think where they're at now is in a much better position where they can independently work on PVE and make sure that it's when it's ready, it's out and it's done and it doesn't have to and content for PVE doesn't have to wait for it and vice versa. So I think I'm pretty confident that it will come out when they say it comes out. Um what's interesting to me is going to be whether they continue to support it going forward. I think they mm-hmm. would. Um I'm not sure if the kind of support for PVE will roll out on the same like nine week um, style uh, cadence as the PVP stuff. Um, I imagine they will have additional updates to PVE because they're basically what that's basically going to be what the event based stuff, the Junkenstein stuff, kind of like the archive events were. Um, so I imagine they will continue to support it. I'm not 100% sure if it will be as consistent or if it will be like sporadically, hey, we've got a new um, sure. kind of like chapter. And also part of me just also assumes that uh, and not necessarily assumes, but maybe prays and hopes that they're seeing the way the industry is moving with getting into, uh, you know, cross media type stuff. And PlayStation's wanted to do all these TV shows. And uh, obviously with PVE, that lends to a lot more story like experiences. And maybe we start to see uh, and start to spread into different types of media, not just comic books. Like, Let's go. Yeah, you know, with I mean, also with whenever we see Netflix Geeked Week, like there's always <laughs> all I, these brand new animes 
that are you know that fucking um uh, dragon age and all these sort of different properties are getting made into tv shows mm. that it just kind of seems like it makes sense and that's the next I, space to take over i think i think they they keep that stuff in-house in their game for as long as possible i talked to when i talked to aaron i was like are you are with, with the pve stuff can we expect more of your like shorts and origin story style stuff that people love in the game and he was kind of like yeah, there's going to be more of that stuff there. Um, I feel like PVE is where they explore a lot of that stuff and they really beef up the cinematic universe of it, element of it. I think it's going to be some... I, I can't think of a single Blizzard property outside of World of Warcraft, the movie that has been adapted in a way that um, that, that, that uh, indicates that they're willing to do more. The World of Warcraft movie was fine i've heard um but like i don't think they're as Not as terrible. on it yeah. as yeah i don't think they're as on it with riot but then arcane did a lot for for a lot of people so perhaps they look at it now and they're like hey we, we should just do that we can make that happen i would love to see them do that stuff i would love to see them take the the visions approach and be like hey studio that made my hero academia here's overwatch go and do it hell yeah i meant to say yeah riot is kind of the big uh the the big sort of um missing name from all the stuff that i was listing riot is definitely i feel like taking over what blizzard has wanted to do has wanted to be in the past uh you know decade or so and i think that they are maybe quaking in their boots greg miller i think they're a little quaking you think they're their, quaking their boots yeah, I, think I think their boots are quaking so wow. yeah I, I would love to see them kind of take that over and whatever tam just said right now really broke my heart i'll be real with you <laughs> <laughs> Well, gentlemen, thank you for your time. All right, we'll see you thank on you. the stream. After remember, this. remember, the world could always use more heroes. We're all soldiers now. Uh, your second little story here about Overwatch 2 comes from Matt Kim over at IGN, who answers the question, what about my unopened loot boxes? In a Reddit AMM, someone, AMM, AMA, someone asked whether loot boxes will carry over to Overwatch 2. However, it should be noted that Blizzard is doing away with loot boxes completely for the sequel. However, for anyone still keeping their loot boxes, there will be open they will be opened automatically and their contents will be transferred to your account in the sequel quote we'll share more detailed explanation on all of these topics before overwatch 2 goes live in october to give you a quick answer now though those existing currencies credits owl tokens and competitive points will come to you come with you in overwatch 2 writes overwatch commercial lead uh, john specter specter added that any unopened loot boxes will be automatically opened and its contents automatically entered into a player's account the automatic transfer makes sense given that loot boxes will simply cease to exist in the game. And given that Overwatch 2 will be free to play, it seems that everyone playing Overwatch 1 will be automatically transitioned to the sequel with their accounts intact. When Overwatch 2 is released on October 4th, 2022, as a free-to-play game, it will ditch the first game's loot boxes in favor of a Battle Pass system. The Battle Pass will let players unlock cosmetics, which can also be purchased through the in-game store. So good news there, Tim. Yeah, totally. I mean, it sounds like they're getting ahead of what was definitely about to be a problem, right? Which yeah. is always good. I'm sure there are going to be a thousand unforeseen issues that come up. Uh, that that they're like, oh, damn, I didn't think about that. But then hopefully they handle it the right way. This seems like the right way to me. I don't know if maybe there's like Overwatch 1 fans that are like pissed off about this. But I mean, they're committing to switching over. So I think that this seems to be the best kind of foot forward. Real quick, I just want to bring up Charles Jacobson in the chat says, don't worry, Vicarious Visions was sent to Blizzard to work on Overwatch 2 maps. And like, I haven't been on a show to talk about the Tony Hawk 3 and 4 situation. Oh yeah, that was Monday stuff, yeah. Um, And like, I don't want to go too long on it, but just real talk, I I have not been as bummed out from video game news like that, that doesn't matter. 
you know, obviously there's a lot of horrible shit going on that matters way more than this. But like, just in terms of like, just being sad about not being able to play a game that would have been fucking awesome. Like there was so many hints that three and four were real. Like there was so many teases in the tweets that the Tony Hawk profile put up and like graffiti in the background saying three plus four and things like that. Like, and it, I knew to give up hope a long time ago. And as the different companies and Activision, uh, different teams started getting gobbled up and moved over. And like when they legitimately killed vicarious visions, like all of that hit me so hard, but to have Tony Hawk legitimately say, to Andy THPS, the greatest Tony Hawk player of all time on a stream, and be like, three and four were real. Like, oh, man, it sucks. It sucks, Greg, because I don't think we're ever going to see that. I, I don't think this is one of those situations. You don't think you'll ever see it. I don't, man. I really don't. It's like I, I feel like there was a moment in time where you got to keep that momentum going, and one plus two did so well, and it made so many people so happy. And if they just kept going, it would have just would have kept going. It would have brought Tony Hawk Pro Skater back to dominance. We would have got Thug eventually. It would have been so good. But yeah, it's Tim. When I hope these Overwatch Blizzard two matches away. Great. When Phil Spencer's there taking care of the Activision Blizzard babies, you'll be getting more Tony Hawk. Don't you worry about it. Don't you worry, pretty little head. We'll see, man. Well, especially as big as skates about to be. Yeah, I don't know. I think honestly, like there's the skate side of things complicates it a lot. And I also think just the licensing of Tony Hawk himself and of these old games. What there's just we're getting messy. We're getting to the point of like golden eye levels of like license problems of like who owns what and whatever. And like we're gonna see it eventually, but will we? I don't know. Anyways, I just want to say I'm really bummed out about this. Like the Activision team stuff is such a sad, sad sign. And I, I hope that one day. We get a Crash Bandicoot 5. We get a Spyro 4. We get a new Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, whatever it is, we make or not, man. Believe in Phil Spencer. Believe in <sighs> Xbox. Too. I hope. I hope, man. They want those easy wins. They want you to be super stoked after their next Xbox conference in 20XX where they come out and they say all that stuff. Don't you worry. Don't we'll see. Worry. I mean, well, again, last thing I'm going to say on this. It's like, I, I think you're right that at some point, maybe we'll get new Tony Hawk uh, again. But I don't want necessarily new Tony Hawk. New Tony Hawk leads us to Tony Hawk Ride and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5. And the board like, was full of technology. of bad things, man. Like th- Tony Hawk 3 plus 4 was a, was a guaranteed hit because we knew what it was. It was going to be a remake as good as they did to 1 and 2. I digress. You do digress. Tim, on this Xbox vein, number two in the Roper Report, A Plague Tale Requiem has a release date. We go to the official press release, which came with an extended little trailer of a gameplay there. If you want to pop it on, Raj, if you can, and jump way ahead because they push a swing in the beginning. It's not that interesting. A Plague Tale Requiem, the sequel to the critically acclaimed A Plague Tale Innocence by Asobo uh, Studio and Focus Entertainment, revealed an extended gameplay trailer during the Focus Showcase, complete with an official release date announcement of October 18th in pre-orders available on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series S slash X, and PC. In the new extended gameplay sequence, follow Amika and Hugo as they make their way through the massive Orshred quarry, overwhelmed uh, with soldiers eager to capture them. Fortunately, the duo has many new tricks up their sleeve and doesn't shy away from getting their hands dirty. Watch how it all plays out and get ready to embark on the heart-rending journey uh, into a brutal, breathtaking world and discover the cost of saving those you love in a desperate struggle for survival. Uh, of course, again, to get back to the main point, October 18th for a Plague Tale Requiem as we see it uh, going here. And we see I, Diego. I, I just, I'm so happy that video games have progressed to this point that games like a Plague Tale can come out and just wow people seemingly out of nowhere i feel like hellblade was another one of those where when we first saw hellblade one i remember on a games daily uh the the trailer playing and being like 
what the hell is this? Like, this looks like a big triple A game, like that we would see at like a Sony press conference type thing. Yeah. And it's like a, an indie game. Like, what's going on? And I know Playtale is like a, a different type of story there behind the scenes, but like, I just love that like a game can look like this and not be from Naughty Dog. You know, like I feel like we just had so many years of it was either it either looked like a PS3 third person shooter or it was a retro 2D platformer of some type right or a top-down rpg but now it's like nah man like this can just be a this doesn't have to be quadruple a triple a whatever it could just be this and be this great 100 percent uh yeah this is of course one we saw just recently at the old xbox showcase right because yeah it's an xbox game pass game uh and they show her killing people and knocking people down and i am somebody who has been told over and over again i would love a play tale innocence during game of the year for that year i started it and didn't played a couple hours of it and it didn't grab me but since seeing the demonstration at xbox and now this morning watching through this extended thing i have of course re-downloaded playtale innocence to get ready for october 18th again coming day one to game pass if that's where you want to get it also in kind of funny.com slash you're wrong uh missing link zero 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 writes in and says i pronounced the name wrong of the main character it's amicia i apologize i apologize amicia uh and her brother hugo as they go through and after i play it again uh, or play it period i guess i'll i'll be able to know that or whatever this looks interesting now she's out there killing people yeah let's go let's go do our thing you know mm-hmm. good stuff uh speaking of doing our thing let me tell you about our thing patreon.com slash kind of funny games over on patreon.com slash kind of funny games you can write in to be part of the show you can be a patreon producer you of course can get to watch PS, I love you, XOXO, live today as we record it over on patreon.com slash games. But of course, most important for right now, you go to patreon.com slash games to get all the game shows without ads. But since you're not there, here's a word from our sponsor. Shout out to Uplift for sponsoring this episode. I've been using my Uplift desk for well over a year now. I love the thing so much, I decided to write a rap song for them. The build quality is real good. It's made of real high quality wood. They didn't ask for it, I just did it anyway. Getting my Uplift desk immediately improved my mood. Whenever I'm on shows, I'm standing up, I'm feeling a lot more energetic. And also, I kind of feel like I was just maybe creating some bad habits sitting down at a desk all day. I would move my legs up, I'd sit underneath my legs on my chair, and eventually all that stuff just created really bad back pain for me. Choose from laminate, whiteboard, bamboo, solid wood, butcher block, or even custom solid wood or laminate options. Uplift Desk won New York Times Wire Cutters Best Standing Desk from 2019 to 2022. And while I'm at it, I'm just going to give them an award as well. Best Standing Desk that I use in my bedroom from when they sent it to me until now. Uplift Desk have a 15-year warranty. They ship the same day you order with free shipping and free return shipping. So if you've been feeling the effects of sitting at a desk for eight hours a day, Maybe you want some more energy in your life. Maybe you want to do squats in the middle of a Zoom call or something. Uplift your life. Go to kindoffunny.com slash uplift. Number three on the Roper Report, No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky is coming to Switch. This is Ian Walker over at Kotaku. Hello Games is bringing massive space fa- space fairing. I thought it was farming. Sim, No Man's Sky, <laughs> and most of its updates from the past six years to Switch. On October 7th, the company announced this morning. A physical edition of the complete remastered PlayStation 5 version is also planned for the same day. Quote, No Man's Sky 
on this tiny portable device feels both completely natural and also totally improbable at the same time, said Hello Games director Sean Murray, who you see if you're watching live playing right now in the trailer. This has been a real moonshot uh, for our small team. No Man's Sky is built around procedural, ge procedural, procedural generation, which means the console generates everything you see. This makes it so much harder to bring our game to something like the Switch. But I think the team never seems happier uh, than when they are trying to do near impossible things, end quote. Folks who pick up No Man's Sky and Switch uh, will be able to experience all the content through the game's Prisms update from June 2021. If the rapid montage of logos in today's trailer is anything to go by, Hello Games has released three additional updates, Frontier, Sentinel, and Outlaws since then. Tim, the journey of No Man's Sky. Dude, I will never forget me and you being down in Austin, Texas when No Man's Sky actually came out. Uh, we were at Rooster Teeth. This was back when when Ashley Burns was still there running uh, the No, yeah. uh, their like daily news show, and they we were in the room with her as her and the team had to like report on just the disastrous launch of this game, right? And it felt in that moment like No Man's Sky was doomed, and it was one of the biggest doom stories in video game history, right? Here yeah. we are couple many years later many years to, later to be fair many years later and the game is essentially as complete as they originally pitched and it's coming to switch <laughs> like yeah. whoa what a comeback story in so many ways and we've talked about it over the years and they've had sure. so many successes but I, it coming to switch just feels like the perfect cherry on top right at the end yeah. of the day they did it they figured it all out yeah, I mean, you know, you talk about comeback stories, and I think that uh, when you burn goodwill, it is so hard to get out from underneath that. And, you know, bigger companies are able to weather that storm, obviously, because they're putting out so many games, they have so many people and don't really care. But for Hello Games to be this small, you know, independent studio that you really knew from the Joe Danger games or whatever to come out be put on the PlayStation stage over and over and over again for No Man's Sky and then yeah have it come out and not be what they wanted it to be and not be what the audience wanted it to be the fact that they put their heads down hunkered down and went through and made that game into what they wanted it to be is incredible and you know I, said, I just put in a whole bunch of hours on PlayStation 5 what last month I think it was and man that game is so much fun it, and it, it, again as somebody who played it and enjoyed it for what it was at launch it's crazy to see how far it's come and how much it is now that trailer that was you know scanning all these different things seeing all these different people game came out august 7th 2016 yeah almost maybe not a full year but like almost a year maybe a half year whatever from the switch launching like this was before the switch yeah that's why man and here it is coming to switch i will be fascinated to see how it runs on switch on october 7th you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah we have the yeah. nice trailer and whatever and stuff like what's it really gonna look like how much poppins are gonna be what's gonna go on but yeah we'll see we will see uh, number four in the Roper Report, uh, former Days Gone director teams with PlayStation veteran to form new AAA studio and announces a Web 3.0 game. This is Matt Perslow over at IGN. Deja Vu. We hear this a lot, don't we? Uh, two Sony veterans have united to set up, and I'm going to call it Lethos. Does that sound right, Tim? Because i got the double mm -hmm. I in there. It's Lethos. like me or we. Yeah, Lethos. Uh, a new AAA game studio. Lethos' debut game will be Ashfall, which the studio describes as the, quote, first true web 3.0 AAA game for PC, console, and uh, the Hedera network. Yup, it's another blockchain idea. Uh, Lethios has been set up by Michael Moonbauer uh, and John Garvin, two veteran PlayStation developers. Moonbauer was, was once head of PlayStation Visual Arts, uh, where he worked on projects including Uncharted, The Last of Us, and Days Gone. He left Sony to become a founder of That's No Moon, a role he left less than a year later. 
Garvin, meanwhile, has been or was creative director on Days Gone at Siphon Filter at Sony Bend Studio. Uh, he, by his own admission, was fired from Bend for being a, quote, disruptive personality. In a talk with David Jaffe, Garvin said that he, quote, had a few heated arguments at the studio and that he sucked at being a people person, a skill required in his position at a, to helm his position at the helm of a large team. Ashfall is described as an open world game set in a land ravaged by global warming, mysterious energy fields, and warring and enclaves. Uh, it apparently stars starts as a narrative-driven single-player game, but later evolves into a PvP and PvE game. Ashfall will also plug into the head. Hetera, am I saying that right? I don't know anything about these stupid ass bit blockchain things. Hetera, is that what's on? Hetera Network, a blockchain system that will allow players to build, sell, and trade with exclusivity being the focus. Such a word suggests that Ashfall's scavenging and discovery elements results in NFTs. Uh, this comes despite the gaming community's express the gaming community expressing overwhelming disdain for blockchain projects, so much so that companies like Team 17 and GSC Game World have had to backpedal on NFT ideas. <laughs> a I mean, great visual as yeah. Tim just deep inhales through his teeth and oof. My, pro- my yeah. problem is, of course, that John Garvin uh, from Sony Bend. You know, I, I I didn't love Days Gone, but I loved uh, his work on uh, 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 Siphon Filter and, of course, uh, what they've done with Uncharted and stuff. So I'm interested that Michael Mumbauer, like we were saying before, right? Uh, visual arts at PlayStation. You might know the name or visual arts from when it broke recently, right? Because it was when Michael left before he went to that snow moon, but after he left that, where he was like, hey, we wanted to do an Uncharted remake, a remake of Uncharted, but then they said we should do Last of Us, and then we started it, but then Naughty Dog took it over, and yada, yada. That that report that came out, of, I want to say Bloomberg with Jason, I was quoting uh, Michael Moonbauer over there and stuff. So the PlayStation part of this makes me excited. These guys know what they're doing. They're making interesting things. The concept art they showed for Ashfall made me go, okay, because it was like Seattle with an erupting volcano and the Space Needle there. And then even talking about it, it, the way they talked about it in their tweets, and then a little bit here, a little less here, but more in the tweets, made it sound like a division kind of thing, right? Of an open world game set in land ravaged by global warming. It's got PvP and PvE. There's this. Oh, there's some of the stuff they were. I didn't even see this one. That's oh, actually way dope than what I saw on, on Twitter. What I put in a uh, Slack to begin with in KFGD was the Twitter thread, Raj. Not, the, I mean, that totally works for what I'm talking about. But if you wanted the actual yeah, one, I had looked at. Uh, it was the yeah from Hedera. Uh, I hope it's in there. Who, know, who knows? Who knows? But they put in their stuff. They put in a screenshot and there's the tweet underneath that of the three of four here. Ashfall has players traversing a world scarred by global warming and warring factions. A connected single player evolving to a multiplayer PvP versus PvE. Players can leverage the network to scavenging and blah, blah, blah. Like up until they get into the web 3.0 blockchain NFT shit. Which they do right at the beginning, but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, we weren't talking about it right now. The screenshot I'm seeing right now. Up until then, I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, fuck. Who the fuck yeah, cares? I know. And what makes this rough for me, and I obviously this uh, we're reading from this article that was from IGN, so the context has been changed from how they presented it. But uh, it is a little bit like of a warning sign to me like maybe a very loud like siren actually where it's like uh by his own admission he's a disruptive personality sucked to be oh, yeah. a, a people person few heated arguments all of those things it's like look people are people like i'm not like i get it like some people have real troubles with that stuff that's not an excuse it is just like a cool at least he can be aware of it right and he was fired for that but you take those personality traits and apply them to NFTs and the most volatile thing like I've seen in my career in video games of just like such a 
rejection of you're either on this side or this side and there is no in between it's like i don't know if those personality traits line up with being on that side in a productive way uh but maybe that's just me i mean, yeah it'll be interesting to watch on twitter as I, I you know i mean i when i was glancing at it today when it first got announced obviously it's not a huge a huge thing uh in terms of news but it was the usual like Nobody fucking cares. <laughs> nobody, nobody wants this thing. I'm like a strong personality here. I predict internal issues. Like it's all that stuff. Like you, we don't know what's going on over there internally. You can only talk about the pitch of the game, and then I think yeah, the disappointment in bringing in Web 3.0 blockchain NFT shit. I mean, the thing is, it's not like the biggest issue with this is it's not just bringing in that stuff. It's like that Basically, is the know. focus. Like that's yeah. what it is. It's like it's first true Web 3.0 AAA title. It's like oh fuck. Like Jesus Christ, please don't do that. <laughs> Can you stop? We don't. Yeah, like we'll see how it all goes. I uh, bear I'm, or no, I'm sorry, bear. Jeez, Roger, I'm tossing you another one. I'm just shoving you into kind of funny games daily. Uh, George Cruz over there, kind of funny best friend, also employee of Pop Agenda. <laughs> he put up this amazing tweet today that I love so much. <laughs> Where he did the dark pictures anthology, oh, the, or the dark God. pictures. No, what was it? Yeah, the dark universe. Yeah, uh, yeah. With Tom Cruise and Russell Crowe. He put that up and then he goes, former AAA. And then he puts in brackets, LA slash Santa Monica slash San Diego. Developers announced a new triple, uh, quadruple A studio working on an unannounced single player title funded by, insert Megacorp here or maybe Saudi, Saudi Arabia here. <laughs> it's very accurate. That Incredible. And that's my thing of looking at this in, in like, obviously a great joke from George, but then reading through this, you do wonder, okay, like, will this game come to be? Like, there's, and I, it was, uh, let me check. I, I saw this from Steven Totillo today. He was the first I saw to when I woke up and looked at Twitter. And he had put in there, like, this is, uh, you know, another web, th- uh, web thing here that's happening, Web 3.0 or whatever. Uh, I don't know how they're going to do uh, Web 3.0 and uh, NFT shit on the console and PC, but I'm asking. And I don't know, he was, I don't know if he ever got an answer. But we, can, we can check on that later. Right now, I can't spell, spell Totillo, so I can't. <sighs> we'll keep it. We'll keep our eyes peeled to see what happens over there with Lethos. But there you go, Web 3.0 happening. Number five on the Roper Report. Uh, xCloud is getting mouse and keyboard support. This is Austin Gosselin over at Polygon. Microsoft's Xbox Cloud Gaming Service, xCloud, is getting a few upgrades in the near future. The company has started encouraging developers to add mouse and keyboard support to more of their xCloud-compatible games and to reduce latency on the service, Microsoft said during its Xbox game streaming discussion at XFest. The mouse and keyboard support feature hasn't made it to xCloud's PC users yet, but Microsoft says that developers can begin adding support to their games now. Uh, that way, the feature will turn on on Xbox Game Cloud as soon as it's available. Hell yeah. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for this. That gets you going, Ryan? Yeah, That's that, for you? that gets me going. Yeah, for me. What, what were you going to say, Tim? X-Fest is an annual music festival held in various what? venues throughout the United States by Clear Channel Communications Radio Stations. Interesting. I was like, what the fuck is X-Fest? How do we not know what this is? Well, I don't think it's the same X-Fest, though. Is <laughs> it? Pretty sure it's not the same X-Fest, is it? Because oh, I think I, this, there was a news story like yesterday where Xbox was finally going to let some of the X-Fest panels be streamable for fans or whatever. I think it's like more of an internal Xbox thing. Okay, cool. Okay, so it is what I assumed it was. <laughs> yeah, it's not, <laughs> not a music really. fest. We're in the middle yeah. of a music fest. So like, let's talk about <laughs> xCloud. <laughs> I, I've never heard of xCloud. So that, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not shitting on you. It's a very normal uh, jump to make. Hold on. Let me get you an article about that. This this went in a, in a very different direction than I expected it to. I th- I saw Xfest. I've never heard of Xfest. I was like, damn, Xfest is a dope ass name for an Xbox like fan convention thing. And I like googled it, saw the music thing. I'm like, oh, I wish it was Xbox. But now you're telling me it is Xbox. That's good. 
Congratulations, Xbox. Xbox. Xbox, XFest 22, Microsoft helps developers be better. For several years, Microsoft has become accustomed to organizing roundtables and other conferences dedicated to professionals. Blah, 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 blah. In in 2022, Microsoft has continued this knowledge sharing approach and is now opening it up to the public with XFest for everyone. The XFest is a Microsoft event organized around the creation of video games. Developers from different studios share their knowledge and skills uh, and allow creators to quickly gain expertise on new contents or complex subjects. Several conferences, blah, blah. So, yeah. So it's GDC for yeah. xbox xbox That's is on gdc fuck yeah. yeah very cool and also this new story is awesome like x cloud continues to just build its dominance for the future uh mouse and keyboard support obviously huge for a lot of people out there and just that versatility man it's what's necessary for these type of systems to work is it needs to just work the way you want them to the way you need them to at any given moment Steven Totello tweeted today, by the way, about the thing before I finally was able to find it. They're making a Web3 game for PC and console called Ashfall. Not sure how to how they expect to get a Web3 game onto consoles, but I'm asking. So we'll see how that one goes there. And then, yes, of course, this is great news. If you want to, you know, be a weirdo and play with mouse and keyboard rather than the controller God gave you, whatever. I'm not going to judge you. You want to be a weirdo? That's fine. But, like, I'm glad it's there. And I'm glad it's – I appreciate Microsoft getting ahead of it, too, so that when they flip the switch, everybody can just start playing with it. Now, Tim. If you mm-hmm. thought that was a feel-good story, do I have another one for you about one of your favorite games from like three or four years ago? Dead Cells is getting an accessibility update, and it's out today. Ooh. Evil Empire and Motion Twin today announced uh, that the latest update to the multi-million selling Dead Cells is now live across PC, Switch, Xbox, and PlayStation. Quote, Breaking Barriers introduces a variety of optional accessibility settings for players, making its signature tough-but-fair gameplay available to a wider audience for the first time. The developers work closely with the Able Gamers organization in various legends from the Dead Cell communities over the past months to design and test these new settings for people with disabilities, as well as the game's new assist mode. Quote, the intent of this update is to allow players who struggle to or cannot play Dead Cells to be able to experience the game as we intended. We have we had feedback during beta testing that some people who don't need assist mode will use it regardless, and the result is that they won't play Dead Cells as a challenging roguelike, said an Evil Empire spokesperson. Quote, we put multiple messages regarding this in-game, but in the end, it's up to the player uh, how they want to enjoy the game. However, we will not disable achievements for players who use these options. We are not going to make it we are not going to make it possible for people to play the game and then take the achievements away from them, end quote. The new option in this update, new options in this update include mobility input adjustments, uh, such as hold to second jump slash roll, uh, customizable controls, and more, along with visual options like UI size and transparency, font size type, customizable background colors filters, no blood mode, plus many more. Everything is collected in a specific accessibility menu to gather all of the options in one place. Uh, assist mode exists in its own menu and contains multiple lives auto hit adjustable trap damage enemy damage and enemy health in percentage increments plus toggleable options for slower parry window and trap speed an option to instantly reveal the whole map for players who struggle with spatial awareness in addition to the breaking barriers update comes uh, with it eight new weapon reworks and a reduction in game uh, item cost to allow players to unlock new weapons more quickly alongside the crucial life and gold upgrades uh, regarding future contents, uh, or I'm sorry, regarding future free content updates, a spokesperson for both studios said, "Quote: If you're a Dead Cells player who doesn't need any of the content that we're introducing in this update, don't worry. We have plenty of shiny new things to introduce to Dead Cells this year." End quote. Hell yeah! I mean, fantastic, dude. Dead Cells is one of my favorite games of the last couple of years. I mean, maybe of all time. Like, it was such an incredible experience and like such a. Uh, intro to a genre for me 
that was just like such an eye-opening experience of like, oh, I do like this type of game. Um, and one of my biggest issues with it was I wish that there were more ways to play it uh, for me, even personally, just like to be able to speed some things up or like just change my experience with it. I can't even imagine how much this opens it up for millions of people on the planet to be able to experience such a special game. Like even Nick got addicted to Dead yeah. Cells, which was yeah. so crazy to see. But uh, this is awesome. Like, I, I feel like especially for a game that is this fantastic, this recent but getting a little old at this point, like old relatively, right? Uh, yeah. But for them to still be going back and improving the game and making it better with these type of things that are actually going to make the game more accessible to more people, I think is awesome. And like, this is the type of, we talk about game preservation a lot, right? Um, and like making sure we're maintaining the history of games, that old games are playable and all this. This is the type of stuff of, the reaction of that kind of happening with forward thinking momentum where let's take the the modern classics of right now and make sure that they can grow with the industry and maintain classics forever and be accessible to as many people as possible it's a win-win for everyone 100 percent uh yeah i think it's great i think you should see more games do this yeah i think dead cells did it in a really great way too of like all right cool obviously they're a small team obviously they're working on the game they have a vision for and they put it out and then you get the feedback of i'm sure able gamers uh, I'm, I'm sure you know our friend uh blind gamer steve uh steve sailor i'm sure there's people out there who are like this i'd love to play this but i can't and so to see them you know take their success and rather than move on to the next project put something out there that okay let's expand this so other people can play it I think that's great. I think that's mm -hmm. awesome. I appreciate I, I you know, the one thing I, I wish we could get over and we're getting there and it's getting better is I hate that they have to go in and do this whole like hat in hand thing of like, however, we will not disable. We're not going to take away trophies. We're not going to take away achievements like that should be. Yeah, who cares? Yes. Who like I, that? I, there, there's things in here, including the end sentence, right? Of like, uh, yeah, if you're not if you don't need this, don't worry. More stuff's still coming they're clearly putting these in there and whoever's doing PR for them is doing great PR of putting them in there to seed the counter arguments that are inevitably going to come from the people who are like, they're ruining the vision of the game. If I, when that platinum won't be as good as my platinum because they didn't blah, blah, blah. blah. Like, Oh, they wasted their time on this. And this is what that, like, I, pre I, I appreciate that they have it in there. They're doing their job. And they're doing a great thing here. It's just like, it sucks that you still have to have those like emergency eject clauses and statements because you know how the internet's going to react to this I, I can see what you're saying for the last line a little bit but i actually think that the the trophy situation the achievement situation is the opposite where i think it is them kind of like really owning it in, in a way that's like them not not being like oh don't worry it's not affecting your stuff it's more just like no we're standing by this like we we're making a decision that is against the wrong people out there i know but i'm saying i'm i'm looking forward to press releases not having to talk to the wrong people because but the I, see, I, are such a small group that who the fuck cares that they're mad that their little trophies aren't as their their trophy has been uh, in their eyes besmirched by this. But I also think this is speaking to the people being like, hey, you also you can get trophies and achievements. Don't worry. You know, yeah. like, I think that there's the positive side of the news that like that will be in press releases going. But forward, again, that, I'm looking forward to thing. that just being the that the standard. Why nobody would ever think that like, oh, I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it. I can't play it or I want to play it a specific way. And that's going to lock me out. That's stupid. Like, that's such ask backwards thinking for anybody who is still doing that with their trophies or achievements right yeah we're on the I same page that's very same hopeful page thinking with that yeah same page for sure but yeah it's just interesting where it's like uh, the, the trophies and uh, achievements and stuff don't have standardization just in general i don't think they're ever going to get to the point that like on a top level they're going to make sure that uh, any of the accessibility stuff doesn't affect the ability to get 
to pop trophies or whatever. Sure. But, but I think we're getting to the point where accessibility is being talked about enough that people understand uh, game developers are starting to understand that the people who need accessibility options or want accessibility options also still like trophies and achievements or might like trophies and achievements. And you shouldn't make them feel like second class citizens because they turned on whatever it is to get the trophy or turned on whatever they could to play the game that would then get the trophy. Mm-hmm. Tim, mm-hmm. I'm excited for more games to get accessibility options. But they're still so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grab shops, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah. Now today, Vampire Survivors is getting patched 0.7.3. Uh, it includes new character, weapons, and more. Something I'll be playing on my Steam Deck soon. Don't you worry about it. Uh, <laughs> Strategic Mind, the Pacific, is now available on Xbox. Uh, the Military and Criminality free update is now available for Lords and Villains. Bloodline Heroes of Lithas, uh, a free-to-play card-based RPG for iOS and Android is out today. I burped in the middle of that, sorry. Uh, the, underground scene, the underground tuner scene in Los Santos is buzzing this week in GTA Online. It's both legitimate and nefarious income streams at auto shops are doling out lucrative awards. Uh, the Chivalry 2 Midsummer event welcomes players to the fields of Aberfell, uh, where Mason, Druid Warlords, and Pe- uh, there's the, the Midsummer events happening in Chivalry 2 right now, everybody. All right, go get it if you want to do it. I think they're streaming after this, right? Yeah, yeah. Mike and Andy are playing Chivalry 2 right after this on twitch.tv slash games. If you want to catch that later, of course, go to youtube.com slash plays. You can catch all our stream archives there of what they play after Games Daily. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deliver Us the Moon is launching today on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X slash S. If you already own the PlayStation 4 or Xbox One version, you can upgrade it no additional cost. Autobahn Police Simulator 3 is out now. Players on Xbox Series X slash S, PlayStation 4 slash 5, and PC via Steam can don their uniforms and patrol Germany's famous high-speed highway system. Shores of Taishi, uh, the new DLC for Thunderful and independent developer Moshin mentions uh, Jules Verne-esque narrative roguelike adventure Curious Expedition 2 is available today on Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. And then Naraka Blade Point is launching on Xbox Series X slash S and Game Pass today if that wasn't enough steve jackson's sorceries sorcery camp the complete collection is out on switch and ps4 and something him and her collection is out on a bunch of stuff so oh that's tomorrow no that's today sonic origins is out today uh the caligula effect 2 is on pc uh gordian quest is on pc uh oh, the tv show the gord the gordita chronicles interesting i don't know if that's sick i like a good gordita uh death smiles one and two is out on pc Hatsu Miku Jigsaw Puzzle is out today. Uh, Rugnar is out today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making them up. I'm doing no, my best. Okay, Greg. Okay. Japanese Rail Sim Journey to Kyoto is out today. The Blade Runner Enhanced Edition is out today. Rocket Blade Point we already covered. A lot of games today. There you go. That's all of them. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, new dates for you. Uh, Tycoon Utasusu Rhythm Festival is coming to Nintendo Switch September 23rd. Uh, Summer Game Fest done or Summer Games Done Quick uh, is beginning this weekend in the gallery. Uh, the upcoming interactive film slash live action video game uh, is coming out on PlayStation, Xbox, PC, Steam, Nintendo Switch, Android, and iOS August 1st, 2022. Tim, I got cool. deals today for you. Are you ready to save some money? Deal me up, Greg. 
we're going to give you the free games that are coming to the Epic Game Store via VGC. Uh, Fantasy RPG, Gene Forge 1, Mutagen, and turn-based tactical roguelike RPG, uh, Aratus, uh, Lord of the Dead, will be available as free downloads from the Ep- from Epic's PC Marketplace from June 30th through July 7th. They replace a Game of Thrones, the board game, Digital Edition, and Car Mechanics Simulator 2018, which are now free to claim until June 30th. Uh, Anime-inspired action game Rogue Spirit has a 40% off sale right now and is early access update and then xbox free play days uh be the hunter or the hunted during xbox free play days dead island riptide and the hunter call of the wild are available this weekend for xbox live gold and xbox live game i'm sorry xbox game pass ultimate members uh then this is one for you too Super Stardust Portable has snuck onto PlayStation Plus. This is Ollie Welsh over at Polygon. Sony's revamped PlayStation Plus service completes its rollout today with launches in Europe, Australia, and New Zealand. And it's brought a little surprise with it in the form of a new addition to the Classics catalog from four premium subscribers in all regions. That game is Super Stardust Portable, Housemark's 2008 handheld version of its classic arcade shoot-em-up for the PSP. But you won't find this little gem listed with the other classic games in the PlayStation Plus tab. Not yet, anyway. The only discover It's only discoverable by searching for it as one reddit user found and then your final deal of the day get ready for a limited time offer with a wide variety of games because the big old super sale is approaching starting now until july 6th at whatever uh, you can take advantage of special <laughs> promotion that even the mightiest boss can appreciate on the digital versions of select nintendo switch games with discounts up to 50 percent, these offers will help you expand your nintendo switch library and kick off your summer with new adventures to enjoy seek seek Tim, we ask people watching live on mm-hmm. twitch.tv slash games to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash games, roosterteeth.com, podcast services around the globe. Uh, the only thing we got wrong isn't something we got wrong. Nanobiologist pops in to say, uh, Steve Saylor, who we were just talking about earlier, the blind gamer, is streaming the new Dead Cells DLC on the Dead Cells Twitch page right now to show it off. Congratulations, cool. Steve. What an opportunity. Good job out there making games more accessible. Uh, speaking of ga- making games more accessible, right after this, right now, actually, twitch.tv slash kind of funny games, uh, you're going to get the Mike and Andy Chivalry 2 stream. They're going to go through, try out that new update. Tim and I are going to do a post show you can only get by going to patreon.com slash kind of funny games, where, of course, you could write in to be part of the show. You could get your questions read. You could be a Patreon producer. You get the show ad free. You get the post show we're about to do. You could also watch us record PS I Love You in just a few hours. If that wasn't, I guess, two hours, technically. Uh, and of course, uh, you can tune in tomorrow, twitch.tv slash kind of funny games for more episodes of kind of funny games daily. Uh, tomorrow, it's going to be Blessing and Janet to close out your week on a big old Friday. Tim, you have something to say before we go? I do. Uh, it is officially, if I'm doing my math right, a week away from my birthday <gasps> next week, June 30th. Which I think that means we're close Thursday. to Cuphead. Cuphead DLC comes out on my birthday, June 30th. And that's what I wanted to talk about for a second. Because the plan is, on my birthday, June 30th, next week, me and Barrett are going to play Cuphead, the delicious last course, for the first time on stream. And Greg, I haven't been this stressed about content mm. in maybe ever. Gotcha. Because Makes sense. I'm not the biggest fan of streaming games. I get stressed out. I don't like the backseat gaming. I'm not that good at video games. I'm not, you know, it's stressful for me. Add on that to Cuphead. One of the hardest games I've ever played that I definitely play each boss 50 times before I win in front of an audience. I'm stressed about that. You played in front of an audience audience at SPF though. I did. And I I conquered that. Uh, But playing alongside Barrett, who was demonstrably better than me, stressed out about that. The fact that I'm pretty sure that Kevin's going to be running the stream 
sure and like heckling me as i play i'm stressed out about that why am i doing this to myself on my birthday this is gonna be the first time me and barrett touch the game we've made a pact that we're not wow. gonna well i guess i played at sgf but just that one boss but um I we are we're not gonna play any pre-release code any anything if we get i'm like no it's we're, we're going in on june 30th so i'm just letting everyone know please be nice to me on my birthday okay i'll appreciate it and i'm gonna put on a damn show for y'all everybody be nice to him on his birthday june 30th is right around the corner thank you right now chivalry 2 is right around the corner right now post shows around the corner but until next time it's been our pleasure to serve you